Welcome to the Fathom Academy podcast, a podcast designed for the people of Fathom Church to be resourced to go deeper with God. I am the youth and digital minister here at Fathom. Thank you for listening in wherever you're at. Um, Today, we have um, actually one of Fathom's elders, Gary Shear. Welcome, Gary. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Um, We are actually going to kind of piggyback off of a a mini series we did, man, I think it was this, this past summer already, um, called meet the staff where we sat down and actually pastor Chris sat down and with each of us staff members got to know them a little bit more. We kind of told our background, our story, um, so that you can know the staff, uh, better here at fathom. And so we just decided we needed to do one of these, um, but call it meet the elders instead. And so, um, we want to get to know our elders, our leadership of our church, um, who they are, their background, all that kind of good stuff. And so, um, so first up, we have Gary. Uh, so thank you for being here, Gary. I just this is really just a, a a little bit of time where we get to get to know you better. Um, and so, will you just like just tell us about yourself? Tell us about who Gary Shear is. Where did you grow up? Um, yeah, those sorts of things. Talk as talk as much as you want. <laughs> okay. What if I don't want to talk? No, yeah, that's okay. This will be a long, silent podcast. That's okay. Yeah, I was born and raised here in in Denver, Littleton. Lived um, um, just a couple miles west of here. Grew up there, cool. and uh, my family was was um, Christian. Yeah, um, maybe not seriously, seriously so, but mm-hmm. enough that we went to church every every week and had Christian morals and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I had a, had a good good upbringing. Littleton was um, Broadway ended at County Line. It just mm-hmm. ended there. <laughs> County Line was a dirt road. Oh wow. Um, yeah, long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, tell us a little bit about, about your family, your, your upbringing. What was it like growing up? I didn't know you actually grew up in Littleton. That's pretty awesome. Um, what was it like growing up in a, in a Christian home where your family went, went to church? Was it, um, was it difficult back then? Was it something that was easy? Yeah, we, um, it was just part of our life and I I think I took it fairly seriously, more than a lot of my friends did. Uh, it was a, it was a Lutheran church. I went to uh, Lutheran uh, junior high school. Went to Lutheran high school actually, mm-hmm. uh, and um, uh, it was a good formation. I mean, a lot of the stuff I learned back then, even though I don't think I was a Christian at that point, um, all the the theology, the verses when we were confirmed, it, it, when I was whatever it was, twelve or thirteen. Mm-hmm. We had to learn 80 memory verses. Wow. And those are, those are the verses I still know to this day. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, I'm a really big one. Get your kids memorizing early, you know, because yes. yeah. they're there. They're there. Yeah. And now at, at almost 70, when I try and memorize, it's kind of a hopeless cause. <laughs> so right. I, I really rely on those. But yeah, yeah that's the way it was. Uh, the, 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 the church had good doctrine. They just never talked about living the Christian life. Mm-hmm. So it was something you did on Sundays. And I didn't know what really living a Christian life was all about. Uh, so I thought it was a Christian, but Christ really didn't have much to do with my day-to-day 
activities, even, even going to Lutheran schools mm-hmm. and looking at my friends. Absolutely not. I, I can't really think that Christ had much of an influence on our thoughts and behaviors and, and stuff like that, and our plans for life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it was, it was kind of like that growing up. Um, uh, I had sister, younger brother, and yeah, that's, I think it was like that for all of us. Right. Right. So, so when did, when did your relationship with Christ become real, become that thing where now you look back on and maybe it's a certain age or something that happened there. Like that's when he became real to me. My relationship with him was something deeper than just kind of a surface level thing growing up. Yeah. I, um, in college, that's when God really, you know, as we look back, you, you can see God really setting us up, like Mm -hmm. putting us up on the T and taking a whack at us and sending us out there. Like that's, that's pretty much how I felt. Um, because, uh, I had this, uh, girlfriend I really, really loved, you know, high school thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, she broke up with me. So I was down in the dumps. Well, that was God setting me up. So I was, I was really lonely after my first year at the university. I went to university of Denver Mm -hmm. and, uh, during that time, a guy, um, named Don Orvis, uh, was a campus minister there and he'd come by and visit from time to time. Um, so that was another thing God was bringing my way, but it didn't mean much to me because I thought it was a Christian and mm-hmm. he talked about different things and yeah, I just kind of wrote it off. You know, that's stuff I've heard before. Didn't make much, uh, much uh, difference in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, it was a contact and he was very faithful in coming back, coming back, coming back. Um, but then somewhere along the line, I began to think in my, in, in my, I can remember in my dorm room at nights when I was by myself, just thinking, uh, is this something, you know, if I had been born in India, I would be a Hindu. I'd be going to a Hindu temple. Mm-hmm. So here I am, I'm on my own now. Am I going to go to church just because I was born in America? My parents are, are Christians and I always went to church or is it something, is it something, is it real? Yeah. Um, so I, those those thoughts, it was a spirit moving in my heart, getting me to think those kinds of things. And um, I can remember one night in particular, it was it was a long process. I'm just shortening it down. But um, one night, I it wasn't really a vision. It was kind of a, just a, a mind picture. Um, and I could see the whole horizon, the long horizon with buildings and civilization and everything. It was like, to me, it was the history of the world. And way out there on the horizon was this thing way up in the sky. It was the cross. And it just stood way up there. And I thought, wow. I thought, okay, so the, the, the thought hit me. If, if Christ is real, if, if God himself really came as a human being and died for me, there's nothing, nothing in history that even comes close in significance. And that blew my mind away. And I thought, I've never seen anybody live that way. I've never seen anybody live like Christ is that important to them. But I didn't know what to do with it. So um, um, that was just percolating in my mind. The spirit was just moving those kinds of thoughts around. And then, um, so ended my sophomore year uh, uh, at the University of Denver. And I was coming out of the student building one day, and there was this guy who looked like Jesus. This was 1970. <laughs> so this was like, you know, um, 
Jesus movement time. I don't know. Everybody looked like Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you, you know, if you've ever read about that, the Jesus movement in the early seventies, um, one way and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. This guy, Jim Gilman, he went to Denver seminary. He looked like Jesus, but he was handing out papers for this Christian stuff. And I just, I just picked one up as I went by and I was walking back to my car, which was quite a ways away. And I was looking at this stuff. I said, Hey, you know what? I think this is that group that that guy used to come and visit me, Don Orvis. And I thought, hmm. And something, something mm-hmm. in the spirit, I, I didn't know what it was, made me walk all the way back. It was probably a 10-minute walk. I'd probably been 10 minutes out. Walked all the way back to ask that guy if it was so. And he was just about to leave. And I said, hey, wait a minute. You know, I was looking at this. Is this the group that Don Orvis leads? He said, well, yeah, it is. And I said, well, when's their next meeting? And he, he told me. I mean, that was really, I'm an infrared. I, I don't do that kind of stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. So um, so he told me, I was like this next Friday or something like that. So I went, which was really weird for me mm-hmm. because I wouldn't go to a strange, group of strange things like that. And it was at a different campus. Um, and so I show up and of course, Don Orvis sees me coming and he's just flabbergasted. And this, this kid that he visited all through last year and never gave a, gave a nod to him. Mm-hmm. Um, here I am. And I, I walked into that room and it was nothing special. It was probably like 30 high school, uh, college students there at this Friday night regular meeting. But I felt, I've never felt like, I'm, I'm not this emotional, weird person either. Um, I felt, I felt love like you could, you could cut it with a knife. It was an actual physical feeling I felt. And it was like, whoa, this is really weird. And so, and then during the night, they, they had, they had students give what they called popcorn testimonies. People just stand up and say something that Jesus did or they were thankful for. And I thought, I've never heard anybody do this. This is really something. This is like, this is like what I read about in the New Testament. And I thought, I've never seen this before. And so I went home from that thinking, there's something going on here that I've never seen. I thought I was a Christian all my life, but I, I've never seen this before. And so I couldn't wait till the next meeting, which was two weeks away, just to try and figure this out. And it was puzzling me. So I went back to the next meeting. It was at the University of Denver, and they had some kind of six-string quarterback on the Denver Broncos talk who was <laughs> having to be a Christian, you know, one of those kind of deals. Yeah. And my friends, I told them this was the meeting where I accepted Christ. They said, man, that guy's a terrible speaker. But it didn't matter, you know. Um, because somewhere as he was, I was sitting on the floor. I, 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 it's a picture in my mind to this very day, looking up as he spoke. And, um, um, he talked about somewhere along the line, he was talking about the Lordship of Christ. And it was like a click. It's like, well, that's Mm -hmm. it. And there was no struggle. There was no fight. There was no like, I got to think about that. No, it was like, that's it. That's what it is. That's what I haven't never had. So I just bowed my head and I said, I said, these are the exact words. I haven't to this very day because this is my life. Lord, take my life, do whatever you want to with it because you can do more with it than I can. And that was those, and that was it. And, um, that was the beginning of, of new life in Christ. And, uh, um, yeah, it changed from there. Um, happened to meet a guy, happened to meet a guy there at that night. He asked me where I went to church. I said, the Lutheran church. He said, well, why don't you try our church? It's out right out by where you live in Littleton, Littleton Bible Chapel. Hmm. So um, I started going to Littleton Bible Chapel for a while and uh, got some good 
good input and, and um, foundation there and then through the campus ministry and stuff. So, um, and eventually I, um, uh, I, I decided I wanted to know the Bible better than I knew anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, you know, I was studying accounting at the University of Denver and I thought, I'm willing, I'm here studying four years to learn how to take care of people's money. I thought, here's the Bible, the word of God. Mm-hmm. Oh, shouldn't, shouldn't I know that better? And I thought, absolutely. So I, I, Denver Seminary is right down the road. And the, a lot of these guys that were helping out in the campus ministry were from Denver Seminary. So I looked at other seminaries, but I ended up going to Denver Seminary uh, after, after the University of Denver. Not to be a pastor or missionary or anything like that, just because I thought I ought to know the Bible better than I know anything else. Mm. So that's, that's how, how I did that. Along the way then, um, I became, um, uh, I began to realize I have a gift in the area of teaching. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that was number one. Number two, uh, there was a lot of influence of um, CBFMS. Well, uh, it's now World Venture, a mission organization, a foreign mission organization. And um, uh, I began to think about that, about the, well, it came to me like this. I thought, you know, if I became a teacher here and I applied, say, to some school, Wheaton College or somewhere to mm-hmm. teach, I'd be one of probably hundreds of applications for that job. And through the influence of the the mission organization stuff, I realized, wow, there are places like Rwanda, for example, where we served, where there's nobody teaching these guys. There's absolutely nobody. And I might not be a very good teacher, but at least I'd be somebody. Mm -hmm. And so um, that just, to me, it was kind of a no brainer. Why would I stand in line to try and get a job at a school here when there's a crying need over there. And that's, so that was, that was my call to missions. So, um, um, so I was a missions major at Denver seminary finished in 1976, 1979 appointed with, with world venture to go to Rwanda. And, uh, we lived there training and discipling church leaders until 2016. Wow. Make a long story short. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, did you, did you meet your wife before you left on missions? Yeah, she's got a great testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, she was about to become a Mormon. Um, she was, um, she, she had worked in the summers up at Grand Teton National Park, which is lots of Mormons up there. Right. And um, had a Mormon boyfriend. And so after the second summer, she was serious about this guy and realized, you know, if we're going to get married, I'm going to have to become a Mormon. So she, she invited the Mormon missionaries to come and give her lessons, which is, I'm sure they were just excited about, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and one thing they do is from the first, first day, they, they, they come to your, to, to start your lessons. They say your baptism date will be, um, they don't even wait for oh, you wow. to, okay. you know, they just say it's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, down there. So her baptism date was down there and it was, it was coming. And, um, in the process, one of her, her classmates at the university of Denver, was um was a Christian and she found out about this and she was like, ah, we gotta rescue this gal. She's gonna become mm-hmm. a Mormon. And so um she set up for our this the same guy, Don Orvis, to go talk to to Lori, my wife. Um 
And it was like the Wednesday before the Saturday that she was going to be baptized in wow. the Mormon church. And to make a long story short, he talked to her and she prayed to accept Christ on that Wednesday wow. night. So she called the missionaries, said, I'm not going to be baptized. And they said, oh, so you, Satan has gotten you. And they came over oh. and tried. <laughs> wow. So anyway, um, so that was the same campus ministry. I had, I had come to Christ in November of 1970. This was just a couple months later, maybe just at the beginning of 71. And, and so we got to know each other through the campus mm -hmm. ministry and um, got married and, um, yeah, ended up going to Rwanda together. Wow. We have three kids, um, obviously grown with their own kids. We have nine grandkids. Wow, that's so, awesome. There you go. So cool. Um, okay, quickly, maybe not so quickly, um, your your time in missions, any any big highlights that I know you could probably talk. I mean, that was many years there. <laughs> um, but yeah, any any good stuff that any good highlights of of what God did that that you saw and um, yeah, just talk about your your time in missions. How how was that? Yeah, we went there to to um, to disciple leaders for the churches. Uh, it's it's a desperate need in Rwanda. There's there's a lot of um, the church was growing so fast. I mean, we were it, it was it was exciting, but it was also troubling in our early years in Rwanda as we worked with with this particular church group. We went to baptisms. Um, they were held in lakes and rivers and stuff, where um, there was actually five pastors baptizing at once, 150 people wow. being baptized. Another, another, you know, be a couple of three, 30 people being baptized. Another one, 50 people being baptized. Another hundred people. That was just happening all over the place. Um, but this, this amazing growth, there wasn't the discipleship and um, leaders were, were springing up and being put over these people that had never been discipled. And so it was, um, uh, they, a lot of them did the best they could. Some of them were just taking advantage of the situation because missionaries had money and stuff. So it was a mix, mixed bag. So you got all kinds of crazy stuff going on there. Mm -hmm. So that was our burden is to disciple these guys. So, so that's what we did. And um, uh, it was, it was really, uh, really rewarding experience to see these guys um, uh, come to know, come to know the word of God. And when they, when the Rwandans come to know when, when they really, commit themselves to Christ. They put us to shame. I mean, they are serious people about their Christianity. Um, and the, the Christians that really take Christ seriously, there are a lot of them that don't. Um, they are, they are serious people. So it's, 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 it was great to, to work with those people. That's awesome. That, yeah. That's, that just sounds, that just sounds so cool. Was there anything, um, was there anything scary about going to Rwanda that you, <laughs> that, that, made you a little, little nervous about when or we, any time while you were there? Yeah. Well, when we first went, um, uh, it was just nothing scary about Rwanda. It was mm -hmm. just that those were in the days when that was just kind of the beginning of people like now there's hardly anybody that goes to the mission field for a long term that hasn't done short term mission trips or right. vision trips. Mm -hmm. That was like, yeah, maybe just getting started a little bit after us. A lot of us went to the field. I, I, I had to look up Rwanda on a map. I'd never right. been there before. <laughs> didn't want, know what it was like. So it was kind of like, yeah, I mean, that was scary. Mm -hmm. but we knew God wanted us there, so you just, mm -hmm. we just went. But um, 
Yeah, Rwanda, as you know, is is the is the is the country where they had the genocide in 1994, um, and actually that was in the middle of 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 uh, eight years of war. So the war started in 1990. The genocide was in 94, and then things didn't really uh, there wasn't really peace, a full peace until 1998. So yeah, that was a that was a scary time. That was um, we we evacuated. Um, during the during the genocide, us and our family, um, and we we sat out for a while until things settled back down, and um, and then that was that was a uh, you know we had to decide are we going to go back and of course people here were saying oh, why should why are you going back there you know you got a family and everything like that and and I don't know there were a couple things number one I mean the main thing was we didn't we felt like what we needed to do was needed more than ever there I mean. Think about it this way: If Rwanda was ninety percent, by the statistics, ninety percent Christian at that time, and mm-hmm. nobody's fooled to think that everybody was a committed Christian, but if if ninety percent of the population called themselves Christians, and a million Rwandans were killed by Rwandans, mm-hmm. who was killing who? Mm-hmm. It was people in the churches killing people in the churches, and so um, you realize the churches in deep, deep trouble so we felt like we're needed this discipleship stuff is needed more than ever not less so we went back but we also and and our other colleagues too we felt like you know i think american christians need to realize there's there's a there's there's a there's a value and a priority for a christian being faithful if God wants you to do something you do it you don't just say mm-hmm. well it's getting a little tough to live over there and maybe a little dangerous. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should find something easier or something. We've just felt like, no. If God wants us to do it, we we need to do it. And so, so we went back. And uh, some people thought we were crazy, but um, um, those were really our most fruitful years after we went back. So, so hard years, but yeah. but fruitful years too. So, yeah, being faithful. That's that's awesome. Um, okay, so. Maybe a quick transition. How did you, how did you get back here? And maybe how specifically, how did you find Fathom as a church? And how long have you been here at this church? Yeah, it kind of goes together because we mm-hmm. came back in 2016 after those years in Rwanda. And it was just, we came back, it was, it, we were approaching, not quite, but we were approaching our actual official retirement age. And, um, thought it would be a good time to make a transition. We had good people over there and time for the old man to get out of the way and let people <laughs> do the work. And so uh, we, we decided it was a good time to transition back, um, not to retire because we didn't. We, we were still working full-time with the mission, mm-hmm. doing training and discipleship ministries there uh, through the home office. But um, so we, we ended up here in Littleton, which is our home base, mm-hmm. and we started looking for a church. and. Um, we looked around and tried, I guess, three different churches, uh, found Fathom. Mary Robinson uh, worked with, mm-hmm. we knew her from World Venture. She worked at World Venture. And she said, yeah, my son-in-law has a church. And we looked it up and said, well, let's give it a try. And we wanted something small. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't want a big church. We wanted something that was uh, close. And we live no more than 10 minutes away. And I like the idea of a church that's younger people. I didn't want to go to a church where um, 
we were the youngest people in the church. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so we gave it a shot. And, and yeah, I mean, to be honest, about the time we were ready to make our decision, yeah, we like this. Things blew up in 2019. Right, yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and so we, uh, um, but we, we stuck it out and we, we waited to see how the church would handle mm-hmm. it. And we thought, you know what? Um, there's more reason now to join the church mm-hmm. than there was before because we thought because of the way they handled it and the way Chris handled it right. and everything. And so we thought, Hey man, let's, um, this place we want to be. So here we are. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, now you're an elder, not an elder candidate anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. Not no, anymore. They brought us in. Yeah. <laughs> what, what brought you, um, what brought you into, being an elder considering that what was that whole process like for you yeah well we just felt like god wanted us to do it i i I didn't want to be an elder i turned him down (laughs) um and uh but again the the crisis situation they were in you know it was poor eric Mm -hmm. um (laughs) trying to be an elder by himself with with chris (laughs) and it just seemed like uh had to step in there and and carries carry help carry the ball there mm. um and so so we did and you know i wasn't looking looking to be an elder or anything like that mm-hmm. so so here i am and <laughs> trusting that the lord will use me to help carry the ball yeah yeah that's awesome um what what are kind of your your hopes for fathom maybe in the future if you had if you had any yeah um yeah i I I would hope that um, to see people come to Christ through Fathom, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's nice to see people visiting us, you know, from that have moved in from other churches and everything. But I'm not a great evangelist, so I mean, I'm I can't say yeah, I'm gonna go out there and win hundred people to Christ and bring them into mm-hmm. Fathom. I wish I could, um, but I I just I just pray that God would use people in Fathom one by one here and there. So that as as each year ends, we can look back and say, "Yeah, here's a here's a whole number of people that came to mm. Christ through the people of Fathom." And next year, there's even more. And next year, so that's mm-hmm. that's that's a prayer. I would like to see, I would like to see diversity. Mm-hmm. I mean, Littleton, yeah, it's vanilla. It's a right. vanilla place, mm-hmm. you know, um, but not totally. I mean, there are there are other peoples out there. It would be it would be wonderful to see. God do a work and and bring some ethnic, cultural, mm-hmm. uh, national diversity in in Fathom. That'd be yeah. a cool thing to see. Those are a couple of things. Yeah, definitely. Um, last couple of things. What do you, what do you like to do now? What are some fun things that maybe you and your wife like to do? Like being outside. I mean, I like to be born outside. and raised here. Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I'm. Um, I didn't marry a woman that likes to backpack and stuff like that, and. Uh, <laughs> Um, but, but I do. So, you know, mm-hmm. I do, I do that kind of stuff. I, I still a couple of times during the, during the nice season, I'll try and find a, 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 a nice hike or a 13er, 14ers. I've, I've done enough of those 13ers mm-hmm. are nice because they're, they're, um, they're not crowded. So I, I do that. I like to, I like to run. Um, and, uh, I like to read science. Um, you know, you, sometimes they ask that question, if you could have a second career, uh, what mm-hmm. would it be? 
Uh, I'll ask that question. If you could have a second career, yeah, what there would you that go. be? There I'd you be go. a science teacher. I love science. <laughs> awesome. um, uh, I think it I think it declares the glory of God. Um, so to me, it, actually, it is kind of a worship experience as I read about the amazing things of creation. But um, yeah, and, and together, Lori and I, um, uh, we like to do puzzles together. We like to visit our kids together. Um, we like to go on walks together. She's not a hiker, but we like to go on walks. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Um, that is that is all the time we have. That was quick. That just just flew, goes right by. Doesn't that it? flew by. Yes. Yeah. Um, thank you, Gary, so much. I'm sure we could talk for hours more about your experience um, and everything and what what God has shown you throughout your life. Uh, thank you for being here at Fathom. Like we we really we're just blessed to have you here, um, you and Lori as well, um, and and being one of our elders on our leadership team. Um, we're, we're just very grateful for you, um, for saying yes to being an elder this time. So, yeah. uh, so thank you, Gary, for being here. Um, again, if, if you aren't subscribed to this podcast, subscribe to it. So you get all these, um, all these podcasts as well as, um, all of our sermon podcasts, everything like that. Um, just a little, just a little note. We are in kind of the middle or uh, I guess it's sort of the beginning of our new series called The Disciplines, where we're going through six weeks of spiritual disciplines. So um, if you haven't checked the last, yeah, I guess we've only done one week. I'm already thinking we're in the middle of it. Um, if you haven't seen that, uh, that sermon from Chris from last week, check that out. Um, that was on scripture. So it was great that you're bringing up memorizing scriptures and how important that is, because that is something that, I mean, Chris challenged you, you said like 80, like 80 Bible verses that you, that you memorized back then. And and we've got, I think Chris challenged us for like one a week for six, six weeks or so. Yeah, so, yeah. so we can do this. We can do this. Um, and this week, Chris will be talking about Sabbath, which is You're very, very important. Actually. Yes. He yeah. talked about Sabbath brother. Oh, he talked about Sabbath. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm speaking this week. You're speaking this, is, this week. This is how. Yes, what, are you, this, what are you going to speak on, brother? This is how. <laughs> this is how messed up I am because I've I've just been focused on that. So yeah, we are two weeks into this. We yeah. talked about Sabbath. That was great. I will be speaking about prayer, uh, the discipline nice. of prayer uh, this week. I am really excited about it, even though I totally forgot that that's what I'm doing this week. So it'll be good. Um, come to church this week if you're not able to. You can still tune in online nine and eleven. We are streaming it. Um, but register your seat if you want to be here at fathomchurch.org. Um, but that is it. Thank you again, Gary. Um, thank you all for listening. We love you, church, and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.